Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Come On, Get Happy. Throwing it back with some OG Hammer. I was just trying to think of the drinking word tonight. Should be OG? Yeah, I like that. Both OG. of our guests are OG. We've had them both on. They're OGs in the comedy game. Nice. So, yeah, that might be a good drinking word. What's up, Sketch? Up in Canada, the super deaf dope producer. I'm talking to the lovely, the talented, the brains behind the operation. What's Dude, up, Sketch everybody? How are you doing, Steve? What's up? <laughs> well, we had a big election up here where absolutely nothing changed, so that was a great waste of taxpayers' money. And other than that, I'm back that in the familiar. double Y with you. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Right? <laughs> a whole lot of wasting time going on. Jeez, a whole lot of waste and times and uh, donors' money. And uh, yeah. I think you were working for the election, so God bless you. And I'm just saying, I wish we had a third party right in the middle to bring everybody, bring everybody right in the middle together. Again, so we can right? Until then, under a grin. right? Until then, we got the party in the double wide. That's that's what we have. We keep bringing it. You know, we don't we don't let the what's going on out there affect the double wide. And ever since quarantine started, right here, there was our goal, and we stuck to our guns and said, "Yo, let's 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 be an escape from the craziness in the world." I, I did a couple it. of interviews this week. You may have seen sketch. Yeah, because somebody's got a book coming out. Book and. Here's one. Here's an interview. It just came out today. It's with a newspaper in Kentucky. Nice. And uh, and I just kept emphasizing, like, hey, um, when I wrote the book, I actually, the new book is called Chronicles of a Hollywood Hillbilly. I have it here somewhere. Oh, here's a here's a little artist painting it. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice. Just a happy little accident. Happy little accident. Happy little there. Just put them um, up in the Hollywood trees. Good. Thank good. you for the artwork there. As of course. Of course. I love this. I love doing book covers. I really should do more of these. You killed it. Really As always, you, you get my brand after 20 years. I think, I think you got it. <laughs> it's you just, simple. All, it's fun. That's it. All That's of this the thing. You did too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all of it. By the way, didn't we used to have David Hasselhoff's? Uh, yeah, but I, I recall, I recall the urgency in your voice when you said that is not the right Trans Am. That's not right. So. But you know what? Now my son Colin loves those Trans Ams. So we had it like right <laughs> there. Find another. Yeah, it was right about there. <laughs> right about there. You know, yeah, I love me some trainers. Another one in. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's my latest TA seventy eight yeah. on the cover of the new book, and I had a seventy nine on the cover of the first one, the Trans Am Diaries. But anyway, in these interviews, they kept saying, uh, uh, you know, what was your your motive here, and do you, you know, I said, look, it wasn't it wasn't anything to do with politics. I can tell you that because. I turned the book in before quarantine. I didn't get the memo that there's going to be quarantine and I'd be sitting home watching the Tiger King and all that. <laughs> so I, I had the option of going back and updating and doing like a prologue or whatever. And I said, no, I'm going to keep it timeless. I want yeah. to pick it up five years from now, 10 years from now and go not be reminded of the quarantine or the the, the politics that's going on and the, the division. I said, you know, funny is funny. Let's just keep everything light and silly. And that's what we do here in the double wide. Yeah, I mean, that's what's great about your brand, though, Stevie. Like, you are the, if you need to just get away, whether it's a 15-minute set, an hour special, or just a book for the afternoon, you know how to take people out of the rat race and just give them that, that good time. So that's, that's important. That's really important, especially now. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I, you know, when I produce comedy shows here, people know that I'm not going to talk about, I hope I book comics, I bring on friends that, that aren't heavy on wokeness or political correctness or talking about politics 
I'm like, hey man, just leave, check all that at the door. Turn yeah. off the news, listen to the escape. We're here to laugh. And same with our guests here. Like, you know, we I'm sure we get guests that are on both sides of the fence, but we all come together here, you know, just for silliness. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes so it So anyway, great. you know, we do a top 10 every week. Yes. This week I went easy on the top 10. Had some right. other stuff going on with the book. The book actually came out today, Yay. which is the 21st. Do you remember 29th of September? So that's all cool. Day today. I planned it like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so this week's top whatever list was what was your first concert? And you and I were just talking before we went on air, not the one with your, your parents, but what was the first like concert you went without your parents? And also, what was your favorite concert of all time? So, Sketch, I'm going to ask you first do you have a first concert you can remember? And yeah. your favorite? First concert was Janet Jackson for oh, Rhythm, Rhythm Nation, eighteen fourteen. Really? Yeah, and my favorite concerts are Janet's, but I, for the purpose of this list, my favorite, favorite, favorite concert to go to was the closing ceremonies concert for FIFA in England, in Birmingham, England, at the end of the nineties, because wow. I met Prince. What? It was Damn. insane. Spoiler alert: Prince was going to be my. One of my favorites, top top three favorite concerts for sure, yeah, for sure. Nice. You met the little purple one, yes, yeah, just like cool energy, just cool energy, you know, like the whole the whole. There's so much, there's too much to talk about right now, but that whole concert night was was pretty dope. It was pretty dope, and it was what helped Let's launch my own career. So, yeah, yeah, I saw Prince several times. I saw him when he he did for an hour and a half. He goes, I'm gonna I'm gonna do all the hits. I'm gonna do all your favorites. And then we're going to take an intermission and I'm going to come back and I'm going to do songs for me. And you don't have to stick around if you don't want to stick around. So yeah. he did like an hour and a half of like all the slamming hits. Yeah. Took a real, I'd never been to a concert where the headliner does an intermission. Nice. And he said, I'm print. I'll do an intermission. And he came back and did all new shit. Yeah. Yeah. But also, <laughs> also some at the Staples Center in the round where he played every single instrument, That's smashed awesome. it. I saw him at the MTV Video Music Awards. We came out with those little assless chaps. I did not need to see that, uh, but um, still a big, big fan of Prince. Did you ever see him playing at the Roosevelt Hotel? He would just show up and start playing the piano? No, but I have friends that did. I and I went once. to Glam Slam at the club. What's that? I saw, I saw that once, and it was amazing. At the Roosevelt? Yeah, yeah. Just late wow. night, just walk through, and you're like, oh, okay. That's what's happening. That's, that's that's sick. I went to uh, Glam Slam a couple of times. He would be there dancing. He would dance with with the girl, or whatever. But he'd have his bodyguards like circle the wagons around him, so you couldn't get too close. They'd box you out. But he would stick around and come on like at four a.m. and jam. And by that time, I was too drunk or whatever. I could <laughs> catch a cab, but because it was way downtown. But I'm sorry I didn't get to see that. But anyway, let's uh, let's do some top. It's not really a top 10, like I said, just top concerts. Um, we got some Led Zeppelin, got a couple of uh, people that said Led Zeppelin was their, was their first concert. I'm like, damn, I didn't get to see Led Zeppelin. I've never seen the Stones even now, but I hurry up, there's only two two left, OGs. Mm-hmm. Um, friend of mine said he saw Loverboy and passed out. I said, that working for the weekend was too much for you? <laughs> Everybody's working for the weekend. He said, no, he was like a kid and it, it was general admission. And yeah. everyone like pushed 
pushed against the stage and he couldn't breathe. And I talk about in the Transam Diaries seeing uh, ACDC, which was a big influence on me. Cool. And um, from from the the font of the, the style and everything, I just love the whole ACDC. But I saw Back in Black when I was like 12 years old, that concert. Oh, wow. General admission. I think I talked about in the book where I was crushed against the front of the stage and like, like you know, 10,000 bodies just pushing against this little 411 dude. But uh, I wouldn't drop off my son Collins 13. I wouldn't be dropping him off at a concert like that. Right. But then it reminded me of one of my other top three was Foreigner. I saw Foreigner as a kid. I think it was Jukebox Heroes. And I, I told uh, my wife Katie's mom this story recently and she was not too... Uh, uh, pleased with it. <laughs> she wasn't amused. <laughs> I was in the stall throwing up, throwing because who knows what we were drinking on the way there. Any cheap stuff we can get our hands on. I was in the stall throwing up. I hear a banging on the stall door. <laughs> open the door, open it, open this door right now. I'm like, oh, go to hell, go to hell. You know, whatever. And I open the door, and there's a state trooper standing there, and he handed me a mop to clean up. Yes, sir. That's sorry, awesome. sir. I don't know who did this. You're on it was here duty. before I got here, sir. Sorry. <laughs> awesome. I don't know how I got home that night or found my friends, but whew. that's awesome. Another good story for a book. I'll tell you that. Yes. Anyway, so instead of doing top 10 tonight, real quick, I just looked up the top five grossing concerts of all time. I want to bang mm-hmm. out the top four. Let's see if you can guess the top one. How about that? All right. Good? Yeah, let's get to it. I was surprised. Number five, a band from England had a little something to do with Gwyneth Paltrow, Coldplay. 442 million, 2016. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. A lot of people like Number four, GNR. I did take the missus to this because it was her dream to see the the original lineup, the OG. I said Mm -hmm. OG again, everybody drink. Oh, you won. OG lineup of GNR, $473 million. The Stones. I thought they would be number one. You always think of Stones being the top grossing. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, 2005 concert, 557 million. Number two, very surprising. This was a big surprise to me. Ed Sheeran. That went left. Okay. <laughs> 2017, $628 million. Okay. God bless him. I mean, he didn't make it as, you know, like on his looks, but boy, he's got. He's, He's got very chops. talented. He's very talented. Very talented. Number one. Who do you think it is, Sketch? I'm going to say it's like a Taylor Swift or Ariana Grande type. All right. Maybe All right. Lady Gaga. Someone's been around a little longer than that. Oh. I have no uh, idea. Another one that was on my wife Katie's bucket list that took her to a few years ago because they did the 30th, I want to say, anniversary of Joshua Tree. Oh, you too? You too. I love you too. 2009, $678 million. Oh, yeah, that was a good, yeah. That Take was that, a good year Spotify for and Pandora. <laughs> Fans are making the money on the road. Yeah, yeah. All the way live. That's how they're bringing it. All right, that's it, you know? I love it. I can't wait to go to concerts again. That's going to be a fun time. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're starting, they're starting to happen. I went to the Vipe Room the other night, a little concert, and, um, uh, my buddy Brett Scallion, singer of Fuel, mm-hmm. his wife Abby, very talented. Mm-hmm. She has a band. They played the other night, Slant. At the cool. Viper Room. So we're we're getting back there. We're getting back. Yeah, I All did right. a performance the other day, but uh, what's that? 
I did a performance. I got to jump up on stage for someone else's thing, but uh, I want to be in the audience and see a good show. Nice. So what'd you do? You know, a little freestyle, got the crowd hype. Nice. Do what I do. I know. But uh, tonight we're going to let you do what you do. Who's coming into the double wide? All right. We got a couple of OGs in the comedy world. I said OG a couple of times. Yeah. Representing a lot of Kentucky this week because Kentucky is looking out for me this week in my new book. Had two interviews come out this week in Kentucky wearing a, a shirt from Nikki Hayden, who is the uh, moto champion. Motocross, uh, yeah. Motorcycle racer, but anyway. So, uh, yeah. So this week we got two buddies of mine in the comedy game for a long time. The party started Mr. Darren Carter. He's going to be up in a minute. Darren. Darren, yeah. That is not Jeff party Bezos. Starter. That is not Bruce Willis from Die Hard. That is. <laughs> I like when I steal my comics jokes before they come on. <laughs> By the way, did you see my thing where the, we went to church on Sunday and the, and the preacher did three of my jokes? No. Oh, yeah, I got to tell you about that. Yeah, <laughs> the thing, I think, don't quote me on this, is about Abraham or somebody in the Bible that married their half-sister, and he okay. did a banjo. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Get some banjo material. And then he said, uh, I do a joke about I don't do 23 and me because my family tree doesn't have any branches. Mm-hmm. And he goes, their family tree didn't have any branches. Big laugh. Big right. laugh from the car. <laughs> That's my, I think, preacher. And then he said, uh, uh, Uncle Daddy. He did literally said Uncle Daddy. Oh, wow. So, like Someone's listening to inappropriate comedy. Well. All right. And also on the show, this is my boy I'm very proud of, very accomplished actor and comedian. And he he uh, found the silver lining in the whole schooling thing and came out with a new special mm-hmm. that's available. Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere called Homeschooled. Mr. Jamie Kaler. Yeah. All right. All right then. Well, so we do I'm it. excited. Let's get to it. All right. Our first guest. I was just telling my son today. I'm like, we had the other show in Hollywood. We'd go into the studio. Duran was my very first guest, and then I brought him back for the 25th episode because I know he always brings the potty because he's the potty starter. You see him on the Tonight Show. He's been a a buddy of mine, I think he's had five comedy albums and counting. Give it up for my homeboy, my OG of comedy, Mr. Darren Carter. Yeah, baby. OG. Oh, What's going OG, on? OG, baby. OG. Yeah. I was hey, talking before... to Darren yesterday, yeah. and we were just talking about <laughs> the 90s and coming up and opening for acts, and we thought we had it going on. I was like, Darren, we got to talk about this tomorrow. So I scrapped anything I'd planned on asking you about and, you know, your family and Fresno and the thing and the farm and uh, woke comedy. I'm like, no, let's just talk about what we were just talking about yesterday. So your very first concert, which was yeah. open. Stevie asked me, he goes, hey, what's the first concert you went to? And the very first concert I actually went to was the first concert I was actually in. So the first time I performed was the first time I actually ever went to a concert. And um, I got a gig opening for the New Kids on the Block, 1989. And that's, uh, hold on, uh, N-K-O-N-T-B, you mean? Yeah, New Kids on the Block, N-K-O-T-B, yeah. That, that was your first concert and you opened for them? 
Yeah, I'd never been to a concert before, and I've been doing stand-up comedy for about three months. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> no, dude, it's crazy. I uh, there wasn't a lot of competition back in the in, in the eighties, and also also in first concert. And guess who's the opening act? Me. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if I'd been doing it for like four months, maybe I could have opened for Michael Jackson. So how did that happen? So they, um, so I'd been, I'd been doing comedy like in, in high school, like in high school, like in, on the speech team. So basically what I learned was I learned that I was a funny rapper. I could do this little speech thing that was like stand up. And so as far as actually, I had a couple years experience prior and then, um, so I, I, I technically had only been doing comedy three months with a microphone, but before that I was doing a, a cappella, like in school and just being a funny kid. And so, they had these, yeah, they had these auditions. I remember like on a Saturday, they were like, do you want to open for the new kids on the block? Come down for the open call audition. And it was a lot of like break dancers and bands and just this local, kind of stuff. Yeah. Local talent. Yeah, and they realize, and I, I realized like, oh, with a comic, it's just you're on and off. There's no striking the set. It's just you know, plus you know, yeah, it was totally. free. I don't think I even got paid, you know. <clears throat> and um, I remember like uh, the thing that they really liked is when I did cartoons rapping. So I'll, I'll give you a little bit of what I did. I would be uh, I'd go um, Kermit the Frog, and I'm covered in green. Miss Piggy is fat. That's F A T, and that's my prerogative. <laughs> that Bobby Brown song was out, yeah, and then nice. I go, and then I do Popeye. I go, mm, well, blows me down. It couldn't be hipper. Shiver me timbers. I'm a Chippendale stripper. And then I jump around, go, and then I go, um, well, my name is Bullwinkle. I am a moose. Give me the mic, and they'll cut loose. Cause me so horny. Cause me so horny song was out. That's cool, and, man. That you still remember that. Yeah, and then I would do uh, I would do a couple other things. I think I did Pee Wee Herman, like ha, ah! you know, or whatever. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and and but here's where I messed up, Stevie. I messed up by not just doing it. I should just did it. But I I thought, oh, I got to prepare now. And I remember watching Rich Little back in the day, and Rich Little would do impressions, and he'd be like, I'm gonna do you know Gilligan's Island with an all new cast. Uh, We're gonna that. That kind of thing, right? So I said, yeah. so in my mind, I was thinking, oh, what if we replace the new kids on the block with all new members and have like Popeye, Bullwinkle? Right. Well, I should not have said that because the minute I went out there and I went, hey, it's great opening up for the new kids on the block. The minute I said the new kids on the block, the crowd's like, yeah, all these seven, eight-year-old, nine-year-old girls are like, right now. Yeah. And, and I go, all right, yeah, okay, opening for the new kids on the block. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and I go, uh, I go, hey, uh, I'm thinking I better get into my act. And I go, yeah. hey, I think we should replace the new kids on the block with all new members. Oh, no. They couldn't even hear past that. Oh, it was just 3,000 people going, <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 Popeye, uh, Kermit the Frog. <laughs> I don't want to replace them. Dude, I ended up doing like, I supposed to do five minutes. I think I did three. And uh, <laughs> I, I can't even, I, it was just awful. I was like, good night, everybody. But you had a good set, but if you hadn't said that one thing. Yeah. It still would have been hard because even the DJ, the morning DJ that brought me up, he was like, he's like, are you ready for the new kids on the block? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, but first. Oh, no. 
we've got a real live stand-up comic. You know, they're like, I mean, oh, yeah, dude, it was really like, it was eye-opening. I realized I, I, uh, I did not want to open for like any young musical acts after that. Like, like yeah. if they're older, they're going to be more mature and the audience is going to listen to stand-up, but yeah. not a teen group like that. <clears throat> they're, just, they're just out of their minds, probably all hopped up on, you know, sweet tarts or whatever. And, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember. Sugar. I remember my, my dressing room was on the second floor and theirs was on the third floor and we're backstage and those guys are getting a kick out of like how exciting it was. All these girls were like looking up like, oh, like yelling like new kids on oh my God, there's Joey and there's Donnie. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, I remember they had just been on like the Oprah Winfrey show, like, like not that long before that. So I was like, well, these guys are getting really big. And uh, one of the things that I remember them doing was, um, you know, they have the, the craft service table backstage. And yeah. I remember them having some watermelon and, uh, and they they told the girls get back get back and they dropped the watermelon from the third story and it smashed into a million pieces and then all the girls would scramble around and those guys got a kick out of it they're like whoa she put it in their purse uh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it was like it was kind of fun seeing like that angle of it you know like what's yeah. it like to be with like you know like Beatlemania in a sense you know was that in Fresno yeah it was in Fresno they came through Fresno. Yep. And that worked. You know, when I did Rockstars of Comedy, we were going to do, uh, do a tour. And that was my idea is each town before we got there, they had already had like a, a talent competition and the winner would get the open or whatever. But hey, buddy, I wanted to show you something. So I pulled this out of my closet the other day and gave it to my son. And I, I wore it early 2000s as a joke. Like literally, I'd wear it to like the Garden of Eden or nightclubs in Hollywood after, you know, doing the yeah. Laugh Factory. And I'd be rocking this shirt right here. As oh. a but this is not a reprint. I bought this on Melrose at like a thrift store for like 45 bucks. And then, you know. Wow. 2000. That's cool. That's OG. <laughs> uh, That's uh, really awesome. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, oh, oh, oh. The right stuff. They, they Marky Mark was supposed to be in that group. Oh yeah, Donnie. Yeah, because his brother was Donnie, right? Mark, Mark. Mark was in it for a minute. He was too much of a juvenile. I think he he, just, he bailed, but but he did okay. He landed on his feet. So, hey, can I? I got a, I got a list of questions. You got time? Can I ask you some questions? You're gonna ask me questions? Yeah, I'm curious. Okay. I, I think I have a feeling you're gonna get a, 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 at least ninety percent. So All right. these are questions that I asked <laughs> on my Pocket Party podcast. I I, I saw I this like guy. Can you guess these yeah. questions? Yes. Yeah, he's a millennial. I knew this guy. He's a millennial. Right. And I'm like, let's see if this millennial can answer these questions. All right. But so <clears throat> I have a feeling you're gonna you're gonna get most of them right, if not all, all right. of them. Okay. Me. All right. There was a character on there was a big wildly popular TV show called Happy Days, and the coolest guy on there was the Fonz. Where was Fonzie's office? Um his office was the bathroom of Al's diner or AKA Arnold's. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Do you have any idea who Steve Austin is? Dude. <laughs> that's how I learned to do this. Six million dollar man. Yeah. Oh, wow. When there he would look in slow motion and make that. I could do that as a kid. 
who is was who let me ask you this who in history recent history was too legit to quit you didn't hear me playing hammer before the show started too legit so i was djing once i was djing once darren and hold that thought and the waitress comes up and i think mtv video music awards are going on it was like uh 1990 ish whatever and uh she comes up and says hey these guys want to hear some and and after like a certain point at dj like when it's, it's we're winding down like the last hour of the night we just kind of play whatever the hell we want said all oh, these guys said they were just at the mtv video music awards they were nominated blah 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 and i said bullshit like no no they didn't and i said um they want to hear something i'm like i said why are they here i think i was djing lax marriott and uh it was a club in there so uh I said, go ask them what their name is and come back and tell me and I'll tell you if they were not like I knew everything. And then I'm spinning like this and spinning. And then I hear, hey, man, I like your music, man. You know, you, you I like your cuts. And I turn around and MC Hammer was in my DJ booth. Wow. Love, Love Hammer. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. That's cool. They, yeah. Coincidentally, the pre-show music for the new kids on the block, like when the audience was when they were coming in, like right before they were coming in. Like they were yeah. blasting um, his big hit from back then. You can't touch this. Yeah. And then, and then um, the the other song was, uh, and it was the first time I'd ever heard that song. Here goes the hammer. Here goes the hammer. Oh. And I was uh, like, well, it was, it was really. Turn this mother out. Turn yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. <clears throat> yeah. Man, my adrenaline was running. I was excited. I was getting ready to play this this theater. This I think it was like Warner's Theater or something. Yeah. And. Uh, Man, it was an exciting time. Okay, here we go. So, too legit to quit. MC Hammer is correct. Um, these are easy for you. You're gonna get it. But okay. But also for the listeners, play along. The the viewers. Should I not answer right off the bat? I'll get a little. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah. No, you you're doing great, man. You're just jump in. You're good. There's a there's a group called the Gap Band, and can you finish this sentence? <laughs> you dropped a blank. You dropped a blank on me. You dropped, dropped a blank on me. A deuce. No bomb. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love Uncle Charlie, man. Charlie Wilson. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this now this might be a little hard because you got to kind of perform a little bit. Can you imitate the laugh of Woody Woodpecker? <laughs> yeah. I, I asked. I asked my son. Carter, I can tell you that much. Yeah, I asked my son to do that when he was around eight, and he goes, <laughs> and I'm like, "No, dude." Okay. No, dude. All right. Um. Oh, you should you should have your son or daughter try to answer these questions. That'd be funny. Um. Popeye would get strong. This is too easy. Popeye would get strong by doing what? Steroids. No spinach. <laughs> steroids. Steroids. Dude, that's why I like spinach. I think spinach is great. I love spinach and I and it may be because of Popeye. Oh yeah, there you go. Hey, look, look. Right. <laughs> I got the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. You can crank it up. Yeah. 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 This is the people are like, is that from the garden hose? <laughs> yeah. It's actually from, I'm in my son's room, actually, in the double wide, and um, this is for his grip on the football. Oh, that's good. I will say this. It does look a little strange when I'm in traffic and I'm squeezing this thing. Yeah, like, what you he... <laughs> You're stressed <laughs> out. <laughs> you seen the little stress balls that you squeeze? 
yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, at the end of um, uh, Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show, at the end of his monologue, he would mimic what sport? He would mimic what sport? Okay, I'll do you one better than that. Not yeah. only the sport, but who he copied from the sport of golf was Jack Benny. So he was doing Oh, it. wow. I did not know that. There you go. So Jack, Jack Benny would do a golf swing also? Yeah. He would, Jack Benny was like his idol. And, and um, yeah, Jack Benny was, he, was, he would do the, oh, whatever. Hello. I know. It's funny because, um, so I asked this millennial, it's on my YouTube channel. They can check it out. He was like, I don't know, like the Heisman Trophy. Like he'd be like, we just crushed it, or OJ, like like a slam dunk. I go, was it OJ? Was he going? Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He he missed it. He, he thought it was football. He thought it was uh, whatever. I just said baseball. Yeah. Or and, oh no, he did a soccer kick. I go, no, Johnny didn't do no soccer kick. I go, it was golf, and he'd never heard of it. He goes, golf? That's lame. I go, no, dude, it was. It was a, it was a good it was it was a better time. We didn't just even like, have soccer in the U.S. until like three years ago, I think. I know. I'm. Well, I remember playing it and you know growing up in Fresno, but then again, it's California and it's you know there were, there weren't any rules when we played it. It would just be like yeah, yeah. the whole third grade class, all you fifty pick of a us, ball were up and turn into soccer dodgeball and. Uh, yeah, there'd be like a hundred of us on the field. Like there weren't any rules. It was like. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, brother. Uh, I had more questions for you, but I think uh, oh. our next guest is in the waiting room. Do you? Oh, any- okay, okay. Uh, uh, let me just let me, let me run to this real. Quick. We got time to run to this or no? One more question. Yeah, dude. One more. One more. Okay. Uh, um, da, 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 da. um. Okay, we'll do a music one. Who was too sure So far, I'm I'm at a hundred percent. I know. So quit while I'm ahead. So I got, two, I, I got two of them. This will be easy. All right. Who was too sexy for their cat and too sexy for their shirt? Right side, Fred. Yes. Um, last one. It, let's okay. This is great because because most of the kids nowadays they have technology, they have phones and devices. But if you were to type a person and you wrote, well, I'm googling the pen- all these real quick. I'm googling. Yeah. <laughs> if you're the type of person that likes to write with a pencil, and you did not have a pocket, where would you put that pencil or pen? Up your keister. Now what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's why they call it a number two. Where would you put it? You mean? Yeah, exactly. Behind your ear. Unless you're a nerd like me and I had like a little uh, thing in my pocket. The protector, yeah. All right, how'd I do? You did great. 100% flying colors. Flying colors. Yay. Popeye, steroids. <laughs> hey, have a good one, man. And I'll talk All right, brother. To you. Thank you, Darren. Darren, you got it, buddy. On, Carter. Where can they find Carter. you? Pocket Party. Pocket Party, right? Podcast. Pocket Party Podcast. Go to my YouTube channel. I have 188 episodes on my YouTube channel. Darren yeah. Carter on YouTube. You got it. Thank a, you. I'm on 186 of those. No, I'm kidding. I just only <laughs> All right, buddy. See you. Right, Bye. See you, man. Bye. But this next guy, if I did his full intro, we'd be here about 27 minutes, just as credits from Friends and Will and Grace and My Boys and the host of Facts versus Fiction. And uh, these guys are both, the, the drinking word tonight uh, is OG, because they're both OGs of comedy. Good friends of mine. Check him out on Tacoma FD. He's got a new comedy special, which I got to be honest, I got a lot of friends with comedy specials. I don't usually listen to them. But the last two days, 
I've been listening to this one and it, it's killer guys. So if you're a parent, you were home, homeschooling during quarantine, check out Homeschooled by my boy right here, Mr. Jamie Kaler. DVD! What's up, buddy? Hey, buddy. What do you tell me? I would have brought some Doobie Brothers. I love it, dude. I would have brought my axe. You know, I tried that one night. I didn't realize there was like a delay. And so we got to, anytime you see groups in the studio and they're all like, remember during quarantine or Jimmy Fallon and people would be like, oh, you know, I got the roots over here and the drummer's here and I'm here. No, that's pre recorded, bro. It's all pre recorded, man. And then they sync. Yeah. I tried to, otherwise, I know. Um, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Yes, my new album, Homeschooled, is, uh, it came out uh, this Friday. And it's so funny. Oh, yeah, there it is, my little girls that are in the other room. So proud right of you, buddy. Wreaking havoc. Thanks, did. man. Honestly, um, you know, we always talk about how it's tragedy plus time. And I will tell you, uh, the <laughs> pandemic changed me. It was probably not the best time, historically speaking, to have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. The playgrounds were chained shut here in Los Angeles. So we, uh, I was with two kids for like 18 months and somebody was like, you didn't homeschool them. And I was like, no, it's distance learning, but yeah. cook, janitor. My one daughter did her first year of school, kindergarten on a Zoom. I would have to go, she would be under the desk playing with dolls. I'd be like, Claire, get yeah. back up. It was, it was bad, dude. And we impossible. were- um, it was hot, and we were also in construction. We were we were in the, we had started construction a month before the pandemic hit. So there was one month we actually four of us were in a room, like we didn't move out of the house. So we put their mattresses on the floor. Like it's so funny because since the album came out, people have been like, "Man, I saw your post. It looked like you were having a blast." And I was like, "No, man, I was faking. I I was really close to like faking my death and moving to Bali." Well, in a post today, I wrote I, and one of the big bits on there is that um. You know, I, I, go, uh, I go, I use my private time and uh, I, I was productive during the pandemic. I went back to school. I studied a double major of kindergarten and second grade. That's and awesome. uh, I, yeah. And at the end of the year, I got a degree in uh, pain management. I didn't really get a <laughs> diploma, but I got a serious lesson in managing pain. And that pain lesson was alcohol every day. Like every, and actually I'm not, I kind of, I'm off the sauce up for like a few days now because we were every day. Every day at like 5 good, p.m. I'd be making dinner. Just start drinking again. Like we were drinking heavily. I, I'm going to have to take some time off to let my body heal. But we, uh, it was gruesome. So it was really weird, dude. You know what's funny? We talk about like uh, recording stuff. And I would have never done that album if it weren't for the pandemic. But I was so like, one, I, I punched a lamp. Like I broke, I broke a lamp. Like it was bad. It was bad. And so I I've kept writing these goofy it, bits Jimmy, and I got, talked to my friends. I've got a shoe print on my ceiling in the living room that I'm not proud of. And I should get that magic eraser thing. But one day I came in and from trying to entertain the kids, you know, and then I came in, I'm like, ah, and I kicked my shoe off and I went, kaboom. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh, I should probably. Oh, I, take care I of straight that. up punched this lamp from restoration hardware and just beat the sweet Jesus out of it because I was losing my mind on a daily basis. And uh, so I, I wrote that I wrote like an hour. All of a sudden I realized I was like, I have an hour of material. I hadn't tried it anywhere. 
I did like a handful of Zoom shows for 10 minutes at a time. And so I booked the La Jolla Comedy Store. Oh, and I, and I got COVID in January on a, on a set on a TV. I got COVID before I got vaccinated. Yeah. And I homeschooled my kids while I had COVID. Like it was, yeah, it was gruesome. And so once I had it, I was like, well, look, I can go out now. It was almost like a immunity for me. So I ended up booking um, one weekend at the La Jolla Comedy Store. I got up, I had a, a music stand. It's right here, as a matter of fact. And I taped a bunch of notes onto it. And I just, I ran it for five shows. But when I got home, I listened to the tapes and I was like, there's an album there, man. So I just rehearsed it, walking around my neighborhood for like two weeks. I rented a rehearsal studio in Burbank, California. I invited all the parents from my kid's school. And oh, it only sat like, perfect. it sat like 40, packed, packed. It sounded, it, good, it sounded like a big room. Everybody got vaccinated and I hired a sound guy. And the sound guy, and uh, we recorded it and Comedy Dynamics knew it, I was doing it. And oh, wow. you know, Larry the Cable Guy's company, Get Her Done Records. That's released strong. it and then apparently i struck a nerve because a lot of people have uh gotten it and it was like crazy it just kind of was one of those things of like screw this i'm gonna go do this and i went and did it and it uh you know it turned out it turned out pretty good so i'm, I'm super proud of it and uh, honestly it was it was one of the only good things that came out of that that uh, year and a half well i'm glad that you used that time you know constructively and you utilized it that's why I'm doing this right here. I'd never done this podcast thing before. Nope. We're, we're jonesing for to for that outlet to be creative. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, well, I've got friends that are funny. Well, how about can I just turn this camera on? And and Judy's got the skills, and she's in Canada, and she can put us all together. But um, but it resonated. Like listening to your special. I was driving today, and I'm in traffic still, like four hours a day, and listening to it. And the the birthday drive-bys, like you. I was like, yes, they, they were great. They were awesome for us. For that the was the best thing that happened was the fact that we didn't have to go to two hour birthday parties over the week. You know, it did dawn on me, like if you listen to the rest of the bit, the fact that, you know, all of a sudden it dawned on me how much money we were spending on kids' birthday parties for like little kids who aren't going to remember it. And you're like, stop wasting money on these kids' birthday party. Just give them some empty boxes, some bubble wrap and a wig from Goodwill. They couldn't be happier. And then spend the money on the parents. And have like an open bar, casino night, you know, have somebody to wash my car, do my taxes. So all <laughs> these things it. kind of just really happened. And I was <laughs> like, I just kept writing them down and writing them down. And I, uh, all of a sudden it all came out. It was funny though. I did like when I did the La Jolla comedy store, the, the Saturday late show um, was all young people with no kids okay. who loved the pandemic. They were, they were working from home. They were just hanging yeah. out. They were watching a lot of TV. They didn't have any kids to take care of. And so it did not resonate that night. So the night I recorded it, I only invited parents. Like I, I didn't invite anyone who didn't have kids. And they got so hammered because none of us had seen each other. It was in June of this year. I just recorded it in June. And, you know, finally people got vaccinated and then they were, um, we all got together and tore it up. And it was, people were just wrecked. The second show, did people were so drunk, like, it took me, did it you took do me like 90 minutes to record 45. Say again? What's that? It took said, me 90 like minutes to record. Wait, say again? Uh, did you do like complimentary, like bar before? 
like an hour before, like a little cocktail. Oh, I put hour, out, I didn't, there was no charge. I put out as much beer and wine as I could fit in the place. It was a little private, this place, Nightingale Studios up in Burbank. It was super. And they had a little showcase room, had a tiki bar in the back. And I just had coolers and I put beer and wine and people brought their own. <clears throat> but people were so drunk, I would have to restart bits because they were <laughs> so hammered. They would like stand up and start walking around. And I'd have to go back and restart the bit. It was people were so drunk because we, you know, people had been locked up with their kids for over a year and were like losing their mind. <clears throat> well, I love so, yeah. I, lo I loved it. And everything, like I said, resonated, you. you know. And like when you said, like, why don't we just take a year off? Why don't we just take a, you know, that that one year and let the kids go to Europe, yeah. or, you know, <laughs> study well, I, in Paris. Know, like, <laughs> what it did make me think was like, you know, before the pandemic, when you would talk to somebody and they said, I'm homeschooling my kid. And you were like, yeah, man, that sounds cool. Now yeah. we know that dude's insane and that he should have his kids taken away. And I, for sure, know, I had to homeschool my kids and I begged my wife to just give them a gap year. I said, let's take the year off. She's like, they're in second grade. I said, it's the perfect time to you know, sit back, <laughs> think about the complexities of life, maybe get a year rail pass, study art in Florence. Yeah. <laughs> All just yeah. and it's so funny because it's just I mean it's one hour of I are it's like it's that year in my life one year in the life and it's uh, every yeah. bit is like yes yes I was thinking about because when, when my son first got to elementary school my wife was like oh man she would she would look at the grade you know the ratings of schools and say maybe we will homeschool and um, she goes I think it was one day in Topanga Canyon on a Sunday she goes Steve we just go meet with these other dads and they're all homeschool dads. And, you know, just, just kind of fill them out a little bit. First of all, Topanga Canyon should have told you. They're all, you know, hippies and Rasta. And, and so I get there, the nerdiest dads on the planet, Jamie, I swear. Couldn't pick up a football, then do a Rubik's Cube in like, you know, 38 seconds. Right. I get right. there, the guy says, hi, Steve, nice to meet you. He had on Birkenstocks, cargo shorts, a ponytail. And I'm like, son, you'll never have to see these kids ever. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't try to make friends. We're not gonna be here long. But, uh, <laughs> but they're like, what'd you do today? Oh, we learned how to make granola. It was uh, great. We mixed it. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you do? <laughs> we crochet we, uh, and learn how to make uh, granola. I'm like, yeah, we're, we're not, we're not doing it. Don't worry about this. Yeah. this we uh, meditated for the but, first uh, couple uh, hours and then um, yeah. we, we put in a side bowl. Exactly. Um, but yeah, every, every bit like resonated. I was like, yes, Thanks, Jamie man. nailed it. I had, and that was the other thing. I almost, you know, I almost canceled the recording like three days before I was having a huge panic. It's, you know what you do that where you're like, what am I doing? Why did nobody wants to hear this? What am I doing? It's so crazy. And I, I like had a meltdown. I didn't sleep for the whole week before. Cause I also, I, I hadn't done the bits on the road for a year. I, a lot of stuff on the album. I improvised that night because I just, I, I memorized it and ran it. And then I got up that night and just let it rip for two shows. The first show was kind of tight and I was kind of trying to remember it oh, verbatim. And the second show, I just fired away. And there's a couple of bits in there that are totally improvised that made the album. Cause I was just in the moment. My wife was sitting on the stage and she was hammered and she was on Instagram. It's like 10 o'clock on a Saturday night and I, I just melted halfway through the show. You know, we cut out a bunch of it, but I kept a couple of the bits that came out. And then there was a couple other like just stories that out of the middle of nowhere, something happened and I told this crazy story and it made, it made the album. So it was super, it was That's like awesome. at the end, at the end, I thanked everybody and I started to cry because I was like, 
it was so much emotion pent up for a year and a half of like, you know, the peril, the fear and everything. And it was just, it was mayhem. You know, in Los Angeles, we are, you know, I, I, I posted it and a lot of people from like South Dakota who are fans were like, totally different from our pandemic. You know, we didn't, it never really affected us that much. But here in LA, it was draconian, man. It was, we were shut down. You couldn't, you know, people were, we didn't know any better. People were washing their groceries. Like, you know, people didn't know anything, man. And we're trying to take care of our kids. And it was just utter, utter mayhem, utter mayhem. So we were trying to go out. Like you said, the playgrounds are tapered off. Um, We live out here close to some great hikes. We would show up at a hike like, hey, let's take the kids out some fresh air and get a hike today. And it'd be closed off. I'm like, why is the trail closed off? I, dude, couldn't agree more. I mean, listen, I'm one of those guys where, you know, you know, I'm not starting to fight because I'm getting on the plane and they're making me wear a mask. I'm like, if they ask me to wear a mask, the same way they asked me to put my seatbelt on, I, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, you know, when you walk back to the, from the bathroom and you're sitting in your chair and she goes, you need to put your seatbelt on. You're like, nah, yeah, I guess, whatever. I just kind of, I'm just trying to, and also people were so tense that I just yeah. didn't, I was like, whatever, man. I just, I, I'm just trying to get through today. You know, yeah. like every day people would be like, how you doing? I go, dude, survive in advance. That was yeah. my motto. <laughs> and every day I would try to get through it and move on. And just, you know, I got sick of the, the battling. And I, I really hope that people can kind of get back to going, look, we all have, people have differences of opinions. It doesn't matter what you think, whatever. At the end of the day, we're really just trying to raise our kids and and make the world a better place for them. I mean, we're you know, it, 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 it's like we sit there and we get caught up in the in the minutia of it all instead of just seeing the big picture. I think this may be a time when people finally start to go, "All right, dude, I turn off the news, forget the this news. shit. Let's just get back to basics." You know what I mean? Let's get back to some concerts and some comedy. Um, speaking of Already been, dude, I just, I, so I just did shows. I was in Boston and New Hampshire last weekend and it was, oh, life affirming. <laughs> and I'm going to Pennsylvania this weekend. If you, if anyone out there is near Sarah, Pennsylvania, I'm doing, uh, the theater in Sarah, Pennsylvania this weekend, Friday, Saturday shows with the parents lounge, the other show I do with my partner, Jason Gowan. And, uh, we're going out a little record release and we're doing, um, oh, very cool. local shows. Well, that's a great idea, buddy. I miss your, yeah, man. Uh, I miss your uh, daily uh, cooking tips in the kitchen. <laughs> hey, if you, if you if you got some new recipes, I'm down to. We may we'll do a little co a little co cooking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's come on, man! Out of everybody, you're the original OG. <laughs> well, thank you, buddy. Well, um, Jamie, what was your very first concert you went to? Blue Oyster Cult with right. Fog Hat. And the Pat Travers Band at Boston Garden. Wow. You know what I just turned my kids on to today? Don't fear my the daughter reaper. is starting a little band. And so she put up flyers at her school. And one girl played the clarinet. She's like, Daddy, I don't really have, I don't know what to do with the clarinet. And I said, ask her, can she play the cowbell? And she's like, what? And I go, more cowbell. I've, I have I a fever. And the only prescription is... <laughs> Uh, that was my very first concert. I was super wrecked. I, bar- I don't know if you remember Pat Travers' band was Boom Boom Out Go the Lights. Yeah. And then Foghouse. It was. I mean, it was stupid. Yeah. Like it was. It was right out of Almost Famous, and we were hammered. It was Boston Garden. I I think I was 16. I went with a couple guys from the soccer team. We drove all the way down to Boston. You know, parked, 
yeah hid in the park and drank beers and walked and like stumbled into the garden and was just a, i barely remember it. i remember like oh no godzilla do you remember Blue's oh, yeah. other song <laughs> the whole you know boc the whole show you're waiting for don't fear the reaper that's the closer yeah but all of a sudden i had to sit through like three hours of music and i was just a polluted <laughs> polluted and then early on i saw i i went to a lot of concerts early i was a huge b52s fan I saw the English beat with REM opening. Oh, nice. I've seen everybody. Wow. 82, I saw the Stones on their farewell tour. I drove four hours to Hartford, Connecticut to see the Rolling Damn. Stones on their farewell tour in 82. Farewell in 82. You know, I still haven't seen the Stones, man. I better. We're down to. You, you know, they're here. Stone. They're What's here that? in like two weeks. I know, I know, I know. I'm going on Seat Geek. I'm going to try to hook something up. But... They, you know, that what's another band that you've never seen that you're like i'm ashamed i've never seen paul mccartney uh i've never, seen I Billy never saw yeah i never seen paul mccartney i never saw uh tom petty i saw him i was seeing the almond brothers once at the greek tom petty came out and just kind of jammed and fist bumped and played you know whatever melissa or whatever and, and that week that he died at the bowl it was his last show at the bowl it was like a wednesday did you go i was there and it was funny too because just like you just said so i was supposed to go see the damned of torpedoes tour like when i was like 17 i forget yeah. what i was it was crazy and uh i got sick and i couldn't i didn't go to the show and it always got and he came every year and I, every year i'd be like oh i'll see him next year i'll see him next yeah, year yeah, and yeah. we went to the bowl to see him and then he was dead within a week yeah i know so and he was he, he still sounded as good as ever it is funny, like certain people you just have to go see and go uh, to see, like you should go see the Stones, dude. They're the Stones. I know I know it's no Charlie Watt, no Bill Wyman. I saw the Who, but I never saw Keith Moon, but I saw them early with Kenny Jones playing guitar or playing the drums instead of Keith Moon. Oh, very cool. I was watching a Howlin' Wolf documentary today and it showed the Stones bring out Howlin' Wolf. I think it was Ed Sullivan. Yep. You know, they were yep. doing like Little Red Rooster and like- yep. You know, white people didn't know who Howlin' Wolf was, but the Stones were, that was, they were a blues band first. You know, that's, that was- They were a blues band. cover, they were only a cover band. Blues the cover band. manager started telling the right, he goes, you gotta write some songs, man. Yeah, they yeah. Were Clapton, Clapton was, a, they were all like the blues. All blues guys. In England. Yeah, bad, all those all guys, guys were blues. Uh, you know, but Howlin' Wolf and Muddy Waters, those guys could go to England and anywhere in Europe and sell out, just kill it. Sell come back here and they'd be playing juke joints again. Right. So just today I was watching that where he was doing Little Red Rooster and brought out Howlin' Wolf. And I'm like, you know what? I got to I got to see the Stones. That's we saw uh, U2 for the first time uh, that I talked about earlier. It was the 30th anniversary of Joshua Tree. And it was at uh, I've seen them more than anybody. I saw them I mean, in 1980. I've seen every single tour except for. For some reason, I missed Zootopia, that one album. But every other tour, I've seen them. And Springsteen's the other one I've seen probably the most. Uh, Van Morrison, I saw. I've seen a lot. I got. I love, it. dude. I love going to concerts. Even last year, I saw before, right before the pandemic, New Order and Depeche Mode at the Hollywood Bowl. Wow, stupid. I good. saw a Kiss on Wednesday before the weekend of the shutdown, March 2020. So they were Wednesday at the Staples Center. Yeah. Farewell, farewell, of course, another farewell. Well, that was that was awesome. And then the weekend, I had a show, that show I produced at the Ha Ha once a month. It was Friday night. The radio announced you couldn't have more than 50 people in the audience. And then by 
Saturday went to like 10 people Sunday. If you could go back and see a band, who would you see? Like who did I not get to see? No, no, even before our time, any band that you could go back and, and see live. Well, I'm a huge Elvis fan, you know, so I didn't get to see the King, man. He would be, he would be right up there. But, you know, I love- Speaking of guys of, who who did covers, I mean, he made it by covering the Black artists as well, by covering, course, I mean, Hound Dog is in his song. Big Mama Thornton and all that, yep. you know, I can talk on that. I mean, it's I would so, go back, I would see Zeppelin. Zeppelin for uh, sure. Like today, you know I put who out, I, what concerts, what was your first concert? And I have a buddy that's older than us. He's in his 60s and he saw Zeppelin twice. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, how did you get to see Zeppelin? Or, you know, you saw the Stones, like, you know, like you said, 82 or whatever. I can't even, and ones that we just can't, we, we missed. I didn't see Michael Jackson, although I wouldn't want to see the, you know, earlier maybe, but um, yeah. I would, you know what? So I, I went and shot this thing in Detroit recently, this movie called Stealing Jokes. And so I had to do a Southern accent. It's not my, I'm not really great at Southern accent because I, I have a Boston tone and I speak way too quickly. So I was kind of going down and listening to um, as many people speaking. And then before I always go through music when I kind of do a character. And so I put together a Southern playlist of, uh, you know, Garth Brooks, uh, George Jones, but I went down Skinnerd. I, I, all of a sudden I got this crazy Leonard Skinnerd and Allman Brothers kick. I love and I had this crazy mix and like Allman Brothers at the Fillmore or Skinnerd somewhere yes. early on would have been would have been super good. Dude, I just saw Skinnerd right before the pandemic also. Orange County, third row center with ZZ Top and Cheap Trick and Skinnerd. But now it's but not not Skinnerd, but yes. Yeah, it's, it's Ronnie's uh, brother, it's brother Johnny, right? Is it Ronnie? You know, it sounds, yeah, I didn't, you know, I wasn't going to concerts in 73 on my uh my No, but that's what I'm saying. If I could go back in time, like yeah. they were, yeah. And and the Almond Brothers with uh even with Greg out of the shoot. Dude, I saw Greg. It was Greg Almond on Layla with Clapton. That's Greg Almond playing uh playing Dwayne Almond, his brother. Oh, it's Dwayne. I mean Dwayne. Yeah, Greg was the way. Greg lived. Dwayne the dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dwayne. Although both now they're both gone. But yeah, yes, saw, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And crazy, he was so good. And then 21 years old, you're like, oh my gosh, dude, from a motorcycle. Prodigies. Crazy. When I was down in Panama City Beach at a big beach club called Spinnaker, and we'd have big, big acts come in, um, we had the Almond Brothers, and he came in for a sound check. And uh, it was about three in the afternoon, and they got him out of the bus. They got Greg out of the bus. And uh, he's like, uh, someone bring me a tequila. And he's like, no, no, no. And I counted. To go with his heroin, you mean? Was he mixing it with his heroin? By, by tequila, I mean, yeah, mainlining. But uh, no. <laughs> maybe on the bus, but I was trying to- Hey, kinda, speaking of OGs, that dude's the OG. That dude, he did, he, you know, he lived like 20 years past his prediction. But um, he did 14 shots of tequila, went back to the bus and passed out for a few hours. They brought him back out for the show. And he was just like a zombie. And he said, someone bring me a tequila. I saw him slam a couple of uh, bottle, uh, shots of tequila. And he goes, I got to run. I'm like, yes. <laughs> he just clicks it on. You know, when you, I've seen just guys that messed on. up. Where, yeah. They're so hammered. And yet it's just on autopilot because they play 300 shows a year. That's all they do. They stay in the book. But you've got to figure, man, how painful would that be for your body to be like, I, Oof. 
And then I, I spent a weekend on like, even after this weekend of trying to travel and, you know, I had a couple drinks after the show on Friday and then I had to do another show Saturday. I was, I was banged up. I was super tired. And I'm like, God damn it. I, I think about those guys all the time playing the same three hour set and Oof. just killing it. Like Motley Crue. Did you ever read the dirt? Did you read the dirt? That's all the, yeah, I read the, I read the book first and then I saw. Amazing. I've never seen crew actually. I would love to see my, I would have loved to have seen Motley Crue in their heyday. I've seen them a few times. I saw the, the farewell, whatever, when they signed contracts in blood like three or four years ago that they'll never Amazing. tour as again. And then now they're, they're touring again. And then their trailer, if you go in to buy tickets, shows them, you know, they never gave a shit about contracts before. So they're burning up this contract. So the contract they signed in blood, they'll never tour again. They're burning the contract. Yeah. But anyway, brother, it's amazing what having a you on. truck full of cash will do for you. Yeah, yeah. I love your special so much, man. I'm proud of you, buddy. Dude, thanks yeah. for having me. Uh, homeschool, people can find it anywhere. It's on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora. Um, download it, give it a listen. Um, Tacoma FD is on, uh, season three is on right now. Um, I have a movie coming out on Lifetime, October 10th, called List of a Lifetime with uh, Shannon Doherty, and Kelly Who and stuff. So, yeah, everything's been good, dude. So it's really it's great to catch up with you. And now that everything's kind of over, let's do let's do this in person. For sure, brother. Always a pleasure, my man. What about you, brother? Jamie Taylor, everybody. Thank you, Jamie. All right, everybody, thank you for listening or watching. Come on, get happy hour. We just try to bring the funny each week, turn off the news and laugh again and sketch. Tell them where they can find us. You can find Come On Get Happy Hour with Stevie D and myself uh, pretty much wherever wonderful podcasts are featured. Uh, start with Spotify and work your way around the internet that way. You can also find us on YouTube. Do a little search for Come On Get Happy Hour with Stevie D. And on Facebook on Fa Stevie D's wonderful page called Stevie D and his so-called friends. Very, very good. And check out my new book, which came out today. Um, Chronicles of a Hollywood Hillbilly. I think it'll make you laugh. And if it doesn't, um, sorry about that. No, I think it will. Everybody, thanks for listening or watching. Come on, get happy hour. Tell your friends, like us, share us, uh, put a comment who you'd like to see on the show. Any ideas for top 10 lists? We'll bring it for you and we'll catch you next week. Thank you so much, Sketch. Thanks everybody yeah. for listening. And watching. Congratulations on the book, Stevie. Thank you. You're in the mix with